1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic to secure the signing of Mike Navrotsky. Rangers take on Olympiakos at Ibrox and it's one defender in and one out for St Mirren. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Kenny Miller. Yep, so uh, as we edge closer to the start of the season, Andrew, it's, uh, it's all, all going the transfer market for both sides of the old firm. Celtic obviously went and signed two or three players this week. Rangers could be on the verge of another couple of signings to add to the seven that they've already signed. No doubt there'll be a few guys on the way out as well, so there's still a lot of movement going on probably between now and the start of the season next week. Plenty of competitive action last night and tonight as well in the Via Play Cup and some really interesting ties. There was, again, it's, a, it's an interesting time of the season with, with these cup ties and it being so early in the season and the build-up to the, the main event next week. But I did take in, I took in Falkirk Dundee United last night. Uh, I think two teams that will probably be looking to be fighting at the top of their respective leagues, League One and the Championship. Uh, it was a, a decent enough game. Dundee United got the result. Uh, poor mistake for, for Tom Lang and the Falkirk team, but it was a decent game. Uh, yep, so again, there's a lot to play for even between now and next week in relation to these qualification places in the League Cup because again, for me, if I'd been involved in that, you want to progress, you want to be in the next round of that Cup, so still a lot to play for. Yeah, lots to get our teeth into tonight. We want you to join us as well, 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Rangers in friendly action tonight against Olympiacos. We will cross to Ibrox at some point to get a bit of a preview and maybe some team news as well if that comes out before the end of the show and Celtic fans what do you make of your new signing Mike Navrotsky the Polish defender has signed officially today it was one that I think many people knew was coming he was pictured uh, at Lennox Town with Quan and Yang but he's now officially uh, signed a five year deal from Legia Warsaw so I just wonder what you make of that give us a call 0141 951 1025 it is another bit of business by Celtic what do you make of that one Kenny? Yeah, I think on the, on the face it looks a it looks a decent enough sign, and I'm sure a lot of Celtic fans will still be questioning and, and looking at where he is, what kind of standard he play he, that he actually is going to be, because it's not really a household name. It's not coming from one of the uh, one of the bigger leagues as well. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be a good sign, and I'm sure Celtic have done their work. I mean, they've had a lot of success over the years by plucking players from kind of Belgian leagues or Dutch leagues or now obviously Polish leagues and and coming and doing a really good job. So I'm sure they'll be excited to see what he can bring. Well, let's hear a bit from the man himself, shall we? He's been on media duties today straight in the door and put in front of the media here's what Navrotsky had to say about arriving at Celtic two or three weeks ago my agent was calling me and said yeah Celtic is interested and then yeah I think two weeks ago they called me and said Celtic want you and then for me it was sure I want to, to come here I think everybody knows Celtic uh, they have the Champions League and everything so big arguments to, to come here to make the next step for me uh, I saw some, I think, the, the famous uh, quote from Tony Cross when he said this is the, the lowest place that he was. Uh, I remember this. Yeah, I came from Lega, the biggest cup in Poland, so uh, I had this pressure there. But it's not pressure for me, it's more like a segment to, to be in the, in the biggest club in the country and yeah, have the pressure to win. Yeah, I think it's quite the same, just maybe a little bigger in, in, in this club uh, because of the Champions League. Yeah, Kenny, can that help? There's Mike Navrotsky there talking about the fact that he played for Legia Warsaw, who he says, you know, he feels are the biggest club in Poland. They're battling for 
trophies. Can that help coming from that environment into an environment like Celtic where there is you know, a lot of pressure to win every game and, and win every trophy domestically? I think when you move from a club who are expected to win uh, leagues, not, not, just, not just games, but, but leagues and, and trophies, it can't help, but I don't think it'll be the same. I, mean, I know Polish fans are very, very passionate about their teams and and, and there will be a, a certain pressure there, but it, is, it will be different. Obviously, Celtic are a far bigger club, uh, like you said, that they're, they're playing on a big stage. And it will be different. There's no getting away from it. He's definitely going to have played for a team that are, there is pressure to win. Uh, I think he'll experience a little bit different at Celtic. Did you feel that was an area Celtic needed to strengthen? There was the partnership of Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Starfelt that worked very well last season. Was it maybe the, the depth beyond that that Brendan Rodgers would have been looking at? You know, I think it's always been a, an area that I've looked at that I, I, could, I felt Celtic could strengthen. I mean, maybe not just even left centre-back, maybe even left-back. Uh, and that is not to be disrespectful to Starfield or Greg Taylor at all because the job that they've done, they've played a, a part of a really solid and successful back four over the last uh, couple of seasons in the range. But I think when you're looking at where you can improve... Do you think Greg was, Taylor is one of those areas that Celtic can improve on? You know, I think a like lot McKean of praise Tierney, last season. I like McKean Tierney, so I think that would be an improvement. And I just think, you know, Greg Taylor has been superb. You know, they signed Bernabe last summer and I think for the amount of money that was spent, you were thinking he might come and take the jersey. And I've said on numerous occasions, it shows a, a real strength of character in Greg Taylor that he, he buckled down and he says, I'm not giving this shirt up. You know, I'm, I'm willing to fight for my place. And he's held on to his place and had a wonderful season. But I think in, in terms of Carl Stafford, it probably f falls into a similar bracket. He's formed a really strong partnership with Carter Vickers. But when you're going through a team and you're looking to improve a, a starting 11, if you're a manager, a coach or a football club, you, you have to prioritise. And it's not going to be the same positions every year if you do your job right. But you'll be looking at improving each position as each year goes by. And I think for me, centre-back would maybe be one of his. Listen, it remains to be seen whether he comes in and takes the jersey or not. Because this is what new signings do. They provide competition for the guys that are already here. And sometimes the, the players that are already in the club rise to the, uh, that, that competition. Sometimes other guys fade away because they're willing to give up. Again, Greg Taylor never. He showed that he's willing to fight. He's got the character to actually go and play and, and be make that position his own. So it will remain to see if maybe Starfield, because I, I can't see him moving Carter Rickers. He's such an important player for them. So that would be the one probably area in that in the defence that, that, that you would think a player could come in. And when you're signing someone, he's in there, he's, he's coming to play, he's definitely coming to provide and, and fight for that jersey. Well, let's hear what you think at home. 01419511025. Michael is a Celtic fan up first in Liverpool. Michael, is that a signing you're happy with? Uh, I know it's not too bad, but like Kenny says, good evening, Kenny. Good evening. Um, basically, what I think is, um, I would like to see Celtic sign that um, Mbamba uh, as another centre-back. He's, he's, they reckon he's, he's a Dutch guy, yeah? And, um, yeah. But he's played for Chelsea and Barcelona and that. But uh, And also I'd like to see Celtic sign a striker called um, Duvikas. Um, they reckon he, he's worth... Uh, they reckon his um, price is 6.9 million, Andrew. Again, yeah, so... But... As I say, Kieran Tierney, aye, um, but I'm a bit dubious because Kieran Tierney's been injury prone, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, if so, we take that point on the, the centre-back, first of all, I think Celtic have paid a fee of £4.3 which is a decent outlay for a, a centre-back. Could you see them signing another after that or would you expect them to, to go with what they've got now? 
Well, listen, it, it, it depends maybe what happens with, with other players leaving as well. At the moment, it does look like they the, the will have a decent amount of players in that position, but uh, that could change. But one thing's for sure, I can't see them spending that amount of money again, but it could maybe be someone at a lesser amount or, or a younger player to come in and, and challenge and push for that position as well. So it's uh, I always felt Celtic would sign a centre-back uh that's it been in the building. I mean, you think Starfelt, Kobayashi, that's that's, that's Navrotsky in the building. Carter Vickers coming back for injury as well. Four guys for two positions does seem that's probably what I mean. Again, having another one, but you've still got as Welsh will still be there, but there's there's been chat of him potentially moving, but that chat has been going on for a year, a number of years, whether he'll leave the club or not. So I think at this moment in time, they've got plenty there and there might be other other areas of the, of the, of the pitch that they'll be looking to strengthen. Michael, you mentioned that uh, Duvikas is a, a player you'd like to see at Celtic Park was successful in the Netherlands last season with Utrecht is that an area you feel needs addressed next because Celtic do have Kyogo they've got Owen there as well Dyson Maida has shown up well in pre-season so far playing through the middle do you think Brendan Rodgers is still going to add another up front as I well? Think, I think he should because Rangers are going to have like six strikers Andrew and Ken do you know what I mean? I suppose is it not all about system though like potentially if, if Brendan Rodgers is only going to play with one through the middle Michael Beale's shown that he's potentially going to play with, with two strikers it's, it's maybe a bit more problematic if Celtic have more numbers if they're only going to play one central player I mean, I'd like to see a left back as well, you know what I mean? But for me, for Champions League, you know, always need two in each, every position, I think. Another right back as well. Because Andrew Johnson's been injured. He's a cracking player. Carter Brickers, cracking player. Greg Taylor's played really good. Um, I love, I like Lee Labada. Um, don't know how these Korean boys are going to do. But I think it's going to be an interesting season, Andrew and Kenny, because Rangers will be very, very strong. Raskin and all that they're all good midfielders you know and uh, I'm just a wee bit hoping hoping Celtic can do something this season but it just we'll just have to wait and see yeah there's a real intrigue with a lot of Celtic signings Kenny because a lot of them are, are coming from leagues that you know a lot of people in Scotland don't watch too often and it, it, I suppose it's the same with a lot of Rangers signings as well that are players that people really haven't set eyes on too much so there are a lot of variables it's impossible to tell at this stage how many are going to be successful and how many aren't going to be successful and that will just add to the intrigue of the start of this season Yeah, and I think as a fan when you're making the types of signings of Kwon and Yang and even Narotsky to be honest Tilio Holmes obviously a young talent as well but it's uh, you are putting your trust in the management, you're putting the trust in the recruitment team at the club that have had decent enough say, success, particularly in Angie's time signing players for that market. So, uh, But Ange obviously had a real knowledge of it, and I don't know if that's something that Celtic have looked at since Ange came in. Uh, maybe as a, uh, that is a market they can look at and good, get good value, get really, really good players that fit into the cultures and the values of the football club. And, and they've continued it, which I was kind of surprised that, again to see another couple of players from that kind of area of the world uh, coming across to Celtic, considering Ange has now left and that kind of connection's not there. But listen, uh, there, there's obviously really, really good football players out there that fit to how Celtic want to play. And Brendan now, who wants to play? Because that's continued since he's came in. So, But yeah, but, but you have to wait and see. Like you say, there's a lot of unknown names in there. Uh, like you say, the leagues that, but like it's not just here in Scotland. It's probably everywhere. You know, I think, but like the Polish public will be the ones that will watch the Polish league again across in, in the Korea and, and Japan markets as well. It's no one that we really look at in terms of watching games. But the same could be said a little bit for Ranger. I think when you look at Butland, everybody knows what he is. Even Kieran Dowell, he would have caught the eye a few times. He's been a young player coming through uh, down in England and, and making some noises when he was younger. Represented some really good clubs. 
Sterling again coming from down there. I mean, there is a little bit with the Lammers and the Dessers and, and Seema. I think they're a little bit unknown. Cifuentes even as well, again, playing in the MLS. But it's, uh, yeah, I think there is a bit of that. But again, that's where we're at in Scotland. You know, we're not going to be going and signing big household names and paying the kind of transfer fees that you're seeing getting uh, mentioned these days. So we need to be really, really creative in, in, in our thinking. We need to be have good recruitment teams in the building that, that can actually go and find talent that can come in and again, fit to the model that I think Rangers and Celtic would both like. And any club would like to be honest with over the world that you're bringing good players in at a, a decent price that, that fits in with what your budgets are developing them getting them game time getting them there on the in the short window and hopefully selling them on for a lot of money Michael Kenny touched on the fact there that Celtic's transfer strategy doesn't seem to have changed too much since Ange Postacoglu departed and Brendan Rodgers came in the, the structure seems you know the same as it has been the last couple of seasons does that give you hope that quite a lot of these signings will be successes because Celtic's hit rate in terms of having successful signings was was very good over the last two years under Ange Postacoglu Oh I Kyogo I like Kyogo uh, and Dyson Mike Mida I always said he would be a success at Celtic and also Hatati uh, I wouldn't like to see Hatati leave or I wouldn't want to see Lee Labada leave either um, but I have heard of that Salima because I've watched him for Leicester City and he's, he's a very, very good player. Big, tall guy he is. Um, he was for Leicester and that. But I watched him against for Leicester, eh? And Brendan Rodgers had been sacked and all that. So, um, he's no bad player. But I don't really know much about the other the, the Dutch guys and that, eh? So, M- Michael's saying there that you know he doesn't want to lose Real Hitati. There'll be several other players that Celtic fans will be desperate to hold on to. Just down to pure numbers, though, the Celtic squad is it's quite bloated at the moment because there have been quite a few signings. The only players that have really left off the back of last season are Jota and then Aaron Moy, who's retired. There are quite a few fringe players that are, are going to need to move on from that Celtic squad, isn't there? There will be because the last I mean, I mean you don't want to have that kind of high twenties number kind of working on a on a day to day basis. Albeit you don't kind of run with that type of squad throughout the season. You're always carrying injuries or or certain players might need to be put in kind of work with B teams or whatever it is. But there's going to be have to I mean you don't want to be working with those kind of numbers. But similar to Rangers, there will be players that will move on once the kind of transfer business in Celtic are now well underway. I mean if you include a water, that's kind of six signings coming in. Uh, if, if you include a water being made permanent that t- players are already there start to see where players are getting signed and if it's guys that are in your position you start to think right okay for instance like Welsh who has been a, a fringe player for Celtic over a number of years now and by the way never let anybody down when he's been asked to play he'll be looking and thinking well Carter Vickers has been brought in over the last couple of years Starfelt's came in and that's your kind of starting to go but Ashley then came in and maybe stepped ahead of him now we've signed Navrotsky he might be looking and think you know for his career maybe it's time that maybe I move on and start becoming a regular first team player somewhere else so and there'll be other guys like that at the club and it's similar to Rangers as well that at Celtic there's no doubt there'll be guys that'll move the other way because there'll be more guys coming in you know I'm still really waiting for that that marquee signing when Brendan Rodgers came in in his first spell and he goes and goes bangs Dembele and he gets Scott Sinclair two guys that are I mean, Dembele was only a young player on a free transfer from but so many teams who have taken him in England and, and probably in other leagues in Europe 
and he chose to come to Celtic to work with Brendan Rodgers. Scott Sinclair comes up after having a brilliant career in England as well and look at what the, the success that they had. I'm still waiting on that marquee signing coming at Celtic and I'm, I'm still sure it will come because I'm, I know Brendan would have looked at the squad and he would have thought, right, there's there's maybe one or two players, big name players, that would come to, to, to represent Celtic because they're playing Champions League but also to work with Brendan as a manager. Well, thank you to Michael. Any more thoughts on that? Give us a call 01419511025. Let's hear a bit from Polish football expert Ryan Hubbard though he's been telling us a bit more about Mike Nowrotsky. Nowrotsky definitely is viewed as one of the best young players in Poland at the moment and, and definitely one of the best younger defenders as well. He hasn't quite made it into the national team yet but but that is definitely on the cards. He's been around the fringes of the squad before but just hasn't quite made it onto the field yet. Uh, as for his ceiling who knows really he has the potential to make it definitely towards the Premier League. Nowrotsky plays as a centre-back, uh, he usually plays in a three at the back for Legia. Uh, he mostly plays in the centre, but can play to the right-hand side a little bit as well. He is quite strong with both of his feet, though. Although he's right-footed, he, he can play with his left as well. Like Celtic, Legia are one of the strongest teams in the, in the country. And as such, uh, they do tend to have a lot of possession of the ball. So, so Nowrotsky is used to playing in that sort of style. Uh, Rogers has seen him play before. He, he was part of the Legia team that that beat Leicester City in the uh, Europa League a couple of seasons ago. And Nowrotsky was one of the star players of the Legia team that day. So he will very much know what he's getting from his, from his new player. The four million transfer fee is is very good value for both clubs, really. It's, it's, it seems like it could be a steal for Celtic, given his potential. But it's also a massive transfer fee for, for a Polish club. He has every potential to succeed, too. Uh, he, Like I said before, he has been seen as one of the big talents in Polish football and in the Polish extra classer and it's only natural for him to make a step up and and he has every potential to do so. Okay. We're going to head to Ibrox after the break to hear a bit ahead of our game against Olympiakos and you could be up next as well phone 01419511025. Number 1 for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Still plenty of time for you to join us on the phones 0141-951-1025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Let's go straight back to the phones though Paul is a Rangers fan in Crookston Paul of course was that friendly against Olympiacos tonight Is that one you're looking forward to? Uh, I absolutely I'm just uh, not long heading to the game anyway so looking forward to it but I've been to the last couple of games and um, just going to ask obviously well, Kenny being in the studio with his, I've noticed that um, he's been mixing up the formations and that and obviously that's what these friendlies are for testing things out so uh, yeah, I think we've been quite stale for the last couple of years so excited to see new players come in different formations getting trialled and one that's just kind of spunk to me I don't know if Kenny's noticed this as well um, that he's taken off Tavernier um, the last couple of games against Newcastle and Hamburg and he's, he, I think he's basically played three at the back so I'm wondering whether that is something moving forward that he's going to do maybe like a 3-5-2 formation um, whether that's Dessers and um, Danilo when he comes maybe up there I'm just wondering I'm excited to have two up front I think I'm quite old school I quite like the, the striking partnerships I think we're kind of missing in modern day football so I'm just wondering whether you think that's that's going to be happening maybe something moving forward and just Chief Kenny's noticed that. Well, listen, I think uh, Paul, at some points you you will see Michael play that, and 
That's uh, it would be interesting to see. But I mean, I, I know he played the front two last year. When you think of a lot of games, I mean, I think of a Cholak Sakala partnership. Sakala and Matondo finished the season quite a lot. Uh, they definitely played up front together in that in the old firm game uh, in the three 0 win for Rangers. So he has played a, a front two uh, quite a bit to be honest with you, since he's came back in November. The three-five-two. I think you you, you might see a, a back three deployed. Whether it's with two strikers, I'm, I'm not too sure. But Rangers have signed a lot of players in the attacking area, so it kind of leads maybe towards it. Is maybe seeing two strikers playing in the in, in the team. But I think within the the signings as well, there is a lot of flexibility that it could be four-three-three, it could be four-two-three-one, three-five-two. It could be one. It could be three-four-two-ones. You know, with two guys in behind the main striker. So I think there will be uh, there will be kind of real flexibility flexibility in Michael's team selections and formations this year. My question just would be when if you play a 3-5-2 domestically uh, and you're not playing Celtic, you're playing because by the way, because Tavernier coming off for me it's no sign about what I mean Tavernier's playing. There, there's just no there's no doubt about it. So whether it's a back four and he's playing right back or whether it's a back three, back five if you want to call that and he's playing right wing back, James Tavernier will be playing and he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet every single week. My my take my thing with a back three or a back five domestically is you're playing five defenders effectively. So it'll be Tavernier, it'll be maybe a Sterling, a Goldson, or a. Does Balligan. it depend on how they play? I suppose if you look at Steve Clark in Scotland, you've got Robertson as a left wing back. Kieran Tierney sometimes bombing ahead of him from from left centre back. So. Ab- absolutely, but in essence, it's still a defender. I mean, that's a real. That, but but Tierney, Tierney is a full back, you know. And I think with Sterling, you could potentially have that similarly to when Bassey was at Rangers. If they had played a back three, you could have had that type of kind of movements and maybe interaction between your left side or right side centre back and your right back or left wing back. I just think though, domestically, it is five defenders, you know. So you're taking away an attacking player out of your team. So whether that be a midfielder or or a striker or a winger, yeah. So domestically, I wouldn't expect to see it too much. Maybe in Europe, it might be a way that you can, because it's not a defensive formation. You can play a back three or a back five, and it can be really, really aggressive and attacking. But I just think domestically, if you're playing it that way when you're Rangers or Celtic for that matter. I just think you are taking an attacking player out of it. But Michael, I think he will be trying things. He'll be looking at different ways. There's, he's not just going to be set in stone and rigid with his formation. I think he, you've even seen that in his first seven months back at the club as a manager. So it'll be something he'll be looking at that... And it might not be to start. It might be in-game that you can maybe revert to something different just to throw a different problem to a team. Or, by the way, to actually stop problems like if it was uh, in a European game to maybe give you an extra body back there to help with the defensive duties. Paul, is that where a lot of your interest is in these pre-season matches, is trying to work out what Michael Beale is going to do across the season? Do you have any idea of what his, his favourite formation is going to be or is it a complete guessing game at the moment? I, that's the other part of it, I suppose. It's, it's a bit of a guessing game because I'm, I'm kind of getting used to what the players' backgrounds are and everything else like that. But uh, I think what I'm really excited about is I think in the last couple of years we've been so stale. I think, to be honest, the opposition could work out our team straight away. Um and I think that's how I think uh, David Martindale would mention that basically how you nullify Rangers is you just count the two winners and I think I, I heard Kerry saying that formation I've, I've phoned up the show a number of times about this formation that 4 2 three, one uh, anytime I hear that my, my heart sinks I, I know most teams play and I know it's a modern way of football but we're not a Man City at the end of the day and I think a lot of teams try and play take a tack of football and replicate what Man City do look we're not at that stage and I think so maybe I'm old fashioned but I just think uh, no a 4 2 one's defensive Rangers basically had six players at the back in all due respect I think 
and I'm not saying that to diminish any other teams in football, but to be honest with you, the, the purse strings that Rangers and Celtic got, we should be we should be demolishing teams like Lungston and Ibrox. There's no doubt about it. We should be taking four five. I get frustrated when we go out there defensive minded. To be honest with you, why, why would you have one striker up front in the Scottish Premier League? Why, why would you do that? I mean. Kenny's a professional player I mean Celtic played with one striker for the whole of last season it didn't work out too badly for them Paul Fair enough I think it had a different philosophy to be honest Andrew I think Celtic basically bought a team worth that were go gung ho um, and to be fair didn't concede many goals at the back which I thought they would but uh, I think we were were just too defensive minded and and suppose under Gio who it was that kind of horseshoe shape if you want to call it that where the ball would go back to front and it would take forever to get back up the pitch but well, Kenny played with, with Boyd up front was basically two at, the, two at the top so Kenny is there know, sometimes too much focus on numbers and f- like exactly what formation teams are playing I think there was a quote towards the end of last season where Michael Beale said he wanted to sign players that would create chaos in the final third is it more about how the players are deployed rather than where their exact starting position is meant to be because if it can be fluid you can't really put a number on it, but it just depends on how players are deployed and, and how fluid they are and how flexible they are. And it's also how good the players are. You know, that, that's, it's like f- formations are literally are names on a team sheet or a bit of paper or a tactics board. How how the how the game moves and evolves is when, when players have to make decisions, players have to decide where to run, players need to decide where to pass. I, I get what, what Paul's saying in terms of the two-striker thing and, and it is a wee bit of probably old-school thinking like Paul said it was because for me, a 4-3-3 or even a 4-2-3-1 if I know I'm, I'm not trying to say it too much, Paul, right, to, to give you a heart attack but say 4-3-3, that's three forwards no, no two, no one, it's three it's three attacking players and if you play with one behind that could be, I mean, again in, in my time at Rangers playing with Alfredo Morelos I played as that kind of second guy off Morelos and that, again, it wasn't a 4-4-2 it did become a 4-4-2 because I was a, a, a natural striker who, who had the instincts who wanted to get in the box and score goals who wanted to run forward I just think when you see the way Michaels plays like you say there is so much it is so fluid between the likes. I mean, if you include, you're talking last season with, with Tillman, with Kent, with Cantwell, with Cholak, with Morelos, with Sakalam and Matondo, there is a real fluidity about how they move. It's about it's about players. You know, players change games. You need to get them in the right position. For me, a, a setup, a formation is probably more what you're looking at in a defensive sense, how you look to, because you have to be more disciplined. But Paul's right, a team like Rangers, with the money they spend and the bigger budget they've got the other teams, they should be going and really asking so much questions of the opposition, particularly at home, particularly at Ibrox, when you've got these players and you've spent this money and you're expected to go and win, and you need to go and win if you want to win titles, they should have enough, and for me, with the signings that have been made this summer, they've definitely got enough bodies. The question is, what is the quality going to be like and how are they going to respond to wear this jersey? Well, thank you to Paul. Let's switch to Ibrox and hear from Gabriel Antoniazzi, who's previewing that friendly Rangers against Olympiacos tonight. Thank you, Andrew. And yes, Rangers pre-season continues this evening as they host Greek outfit Olympiakos here at Ibrox. Michael Beale's side overcame Hamburg 2-1 here at the weekend. 
saw a debut for striker Cyril Dessas, whilst new players Abdullah Simmer, Kieran Dowell and Jack Butland were given a good run out as well. Bill made several changes throughout the game and expect the same this evening as the manager tries to find the balance throughout the spine of this team. Ridvan Yilmaz and Nico Raskin looked good at the weekend, whilst Tom Lawrence stepped onto the pitch for the first time in around 10 months. Now, of course, these matches are for trying out different tactics, different formations, so it'll be interesting to see which formation the Jurors do line up in from kickoff against Newcastle. Last week, they switched several times throughout the 90 minutes. A youngsters such as Ifeko and Rice may be given a chance to impress again off the bench. And with the signings of Danilo and Jose Sifuentes imminent, things are looking bright here in Govan. The league campaign is creeping up on us just 10 days away now. And don't forget that all-important Champions League qualifier, a third-round match against either Servette or Genk, will be taking place here two weeks today. Not long to go now. And that is what Beale's side must be prepared for as they go hell for leather to reach those Champions League group stages. So it is the penultimate preseason game here for Rangers. I'll bring you the team news as soon as I get it. Kickoff is at 7.45. Yeah, I think team news is imminent. So we will go back to Gabriel, hopefully, and get that from him before the end of the show. But let's stick with the phones because David is a Celtic fan in Coat Bridge. David, what's on your mind tonight? Hi Andrew, thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, Kenny, can I ask you a quick question, if possible? Absolutely. Who would you stick in the the Celtic team from the Rangers team right now for next year? So if Oof. I've got if, I, if I've got both squads as they are just now, who are you who are you putting from Rangers into Celtic team oh, to so make it better? So from Rangers into Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The thing is, you hear this question well, quite a lot generally, but this is way. probably yep. this is probably the the toughest point of the season to, yeah. to put this in isn't it because, of, because of so many new it's, signings it's, but it's a, it's a two-pronged question so if you let me come back if possible after yeah Kenny. yeah of course Kenny at this moment in time because there is so much uncertainty in relation to the Rangers signings that have been made Tavernier goes in uh, I think Raskin goes in alongside Callum McGregor I think there would be a case for Cantwell Definitely the way he finished the season. Who misses out then? O'Reilly, Hatati. Absolutely, one of them would miss out for for I think Cantwell and Raskin. Maybe you could have Cantwell playing maybe off a side, but definitely would get in the team. Uh, at the moment, I think that's pretty. Listen, I think there would be a case for in terms of the stature of Butland and the age that he's at as well. Uh, but again representing Rangers or Celtic it's, it's also the stature of Joe Hartlow who's got exactly. 70, 80 odd England caps absolutely I mean, again just, I, I mean, there's a lot of chat being about Joe Hartlow I've got, having to maybe move him on and replace him whereas I think it's craziness at this moment in time but I think for me probably only those three at the moment David I would say pretty confidently hey mate, the second question thanks for answering that the second question is what does success look like for Rangers in Europe this year for you? Firstly I think uh, qualifying for the Champions League that's the competition you're in you need to be looking to qualify because everything that comes along it's well reported the finances that, that come along mm-hmm. with the Champions League so they're crucial for Rangers if, if they can get through in that they have got the safety net of the Europa League group stages so either way you're going to have you're going to have the group stage European football a lot of people are saying mm-hmm. oh maybe you'd be better to drop into Europa League because it's a better chance of actually progressing listen that, that goes that does probably it's an obvious statement but Rangers want to be in the Champions League there alongside Celtic. David, just to flip the question, what do you feel is success for Celtic in Europe this season? Um, the way I see it just now is third is probably where Celtic's at in the, the, the Champions League, uh, as in the group stage. Um, I don't think they're getting 
second place, to be honest. Um, and I think a lot of Celtic fans probably don't want to take that on board, but I think that's where we are, and that's 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 the uh, the world that we're in. But um, yeah, I think if we drop into the Europa, I think that's probably right and equitable. A lot of it comes down to the draw as well, Kenny, isn't it? Because sometimes you can get a bit lucky with the draw and then there's other times you can have two European powerhouses and then a very good uh, three. third team in there as well and yeah, you know, it's, it's a struggle to, to pick up any points. Listen, that's it. I mean, if you're asking any Rangers or Celtic fan right now, clearly they would, they would like to have European football after Christmas. That would be like the first point, which means they're going to have to finish third. But if you look at the, the draw that, that both our teams had last year, it was always going to be tough. I mean, Rangers had Ajax, Napoli, and, uh, and Liverpool. You know, I mean, you only, I mean, that was always going to be always going to be tough. Celtic's group was was super tough as well. So it does mean you look at it, there's always at least two kind of groups of death in the Champions League now with the, with, with the quality of the teams. But then you also look at other groups. You think, you know what? Had Rangers or Celtic been in that group, that they would have a decent chance of maybe even like nicking that second spot if you deal with your home games. You know, if you can get the results in your home games, and Ibrox is, is, I mean, again, last season it wasn't, obviously, but it's always been a, a decent place for Rangers. Celtic have had a, an incredible record in, in home in games in Europe over the years. So if you can deal with your home games and get a favourable draw, then you've got a chance. But absolutely, I think both clubs, both clubs after last season will be looking to get that third spot at least uh, to make sure they've got European football after Christmas. Well, thank you to David. We'll go back to Ibrox after the break to get some team news from there. Also look at the Viaplay Cup fixtures as well. But before the break, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Well, today's cash register winner was Lindsay and she was out in her street with her three boys when she got the call. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, oh my God! Oh, we just won 48,000 Oh, my God! Well, just as well she got it because she panicked at first. She said she didn't know the amount, but... Uh, thankfully she managed to compose herself and gave the correct number to Grant her plan now is to do up the garden or book a holiday and tomorrow it could be you deciding what to spend the money on if you get the cash register call you need to know tomorrow's amount which is £49,300 but you need to be in the draw and to enter text YES to 61025 that's Y-E-S to 61025 if you get a call from us after 3 o'clock tomorrow answer it within 5 rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount and the cash will be in your bank account the same day. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or you can call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at the standard rate. It's over 18s only and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. So for your chance to win £49,300, text YES to 61025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard is getting bigger and better. Listen to tomorrow's show for details. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller in the studio with me, Andrew McLean. Remember, you can get involved on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. I did say we would bring you team news from Ibrooks ahead of Rangers friendly against Olympiacos. Gabriel Antoniazzi has that for us. 
Thanks, Andrew. And yes, we have just had team news from the changing rooms here at Ibrox. Michael Beale has named his 11 to face Olympiacos this evening with two big talking points. First is the start for goalkeeper Robbie McCrory. He's preferred to new signing Jack Butland. And also there is a first start for new striker Cyriel Dessert. He made his debut at the weekend and now he leads the line. I'll give you the 11 in full. It is as follows. In goal, it's McCrory. James Tavernier right back with John Suter and Ben Davies at centre-half. Borna Barisic comes back in at left-back. It's a midfield three of Kieran Dow, Nico Raskin and Todd Cantwell. Sam Lammers will be up top with Cyril Dessers. Abdullah Simmer just off them. Substitutes Butler, McLaughlin, Rid van Yilmaz, Lundstram, Haji, Matondo, Fashion Sakala, Ifeko, Rice and Lovelace. Interesting team news, Andrew. There were plenty of changes throughout the game. Kickoff, of course, is at 7.45. Yeah, Kenny, we did talk about it being fluid and formations. How do you see that Rangers team lining up? Uh, it'll be two. I think it'll be one of two. Uh, obviously, the back four, I think, speak for itself. I think Nico Raskin and Dowell will play kind of more more deeper and that could be Cantwell ahead of them with Seema off the left Lammers off the right and Dessers through the middle Seema and Lammers will be tucked in the way that Rangers always do and Tavernier and Barisic will be really really high given the width or they could be deployed in a kind of a four box kind of two formation which you've seen a lot kind of for Michael at the end of the scene so that would be again the back four is the same with Raskin and Dowell could be kind of as a, as kind of like a double a double six and Cantwell and Lammers could be kind of inside playing behind Seema and Dessers so Seema could be like the left hand nine Dessers the kind of right hand nine the way Michael kind of played Matondo and Sakala towards the end of the season so again but when you look at the four players of Cantwell Seema, Dessers and Lammers there will be a lot of kind of interchange there'll be it'll be fluid uh, I'm, I'm really really excited to see Dessers as, as the number nine he's been brought in as a big name signing again Danilo could be on the way uh, which suggests there could be two like a front two played for Rangers when you make two big signings like that but Dessers for me was the one I was again when Rangers were doing the recruitment I think both ends of the pitch goalkeeper needed to be big number nine needed to be big and I think at the moment with Butland who will be the number one come the start of the season it's good to see Robbie got a chance but Dessers, Daniel will definitely be guys that will be at the top end of the pitch What's the thinking in the McCrory one because there's been chat over the last couple of weeks that Robbie McCrory had apparently asked to leave Rangers in search of first-team football. If, if it is a player that looks to be out the door, is it a surprise that he's starting or is this maybe a move from Michael Beale to try and keep him at Ibrooks and show him that he is part of his plans? Well, he's going to be part of his plans because he's always been part of his plans. I mean, he, he played towards the end of last season when obviously Alan McGregor was had kind of decided that was I'm going to be on the way out and, and Robbie got his game time at the end of the season so he's clearly part of the plans and this is I mean goalkeepers are just like every other player you, you need game time you need to get up to speed pre-season so this must just must might just be a, a case of that eh? Eh, Michael just get, giving Robbie half a game 90 minutes just, just to get game time leading into the season because you just never know when someone's going to be injured or there could be a situation where you need to play so it's, uh, there's no doubt Butland will be the number one come, come the start of the season next week Let's go back to the phones. Colin is a Celtic fan in Parkhead. Colin, what are you thinking tonight? Are you there, Colin? Yes. Good stuff. I think we've got you now. What What's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind? Uh, Kieran Tierney. Um, I think he's going to come back to Celtic. Um, he needs game time. And he's not getting enough game time at Arsenal. Is it as easy as Kieran Tierney needs game time and you know, as a as a Celtic fan, is is it as easy as that? There are a lot of financial uh, issues, I think, with the deal. Just the fact that Arsenal, if they're going to let him go, 
may want a fee. You'd think that would be quite a significant fee. You also need to look at Kieran Tierney's wages. Kenny, is it a deal you can see happening first and foremost? You know, I think if... I mean, you're only going off reported numbers. If Kieran Tierney is available to leave Arsenal, there will be a number of suitors that will take him because he's an outstanding player, still at a brilliant age. Uh, and he's been just unfortunate, the fact that... I mean, he has had injuries, but he's been unfortunate, the fact that Mikel Arteta's came in and he's, he's effectively brought Zinchenko with him, who again is another outstanding player who maybe just fits into that kind of way that Mikel Arteta wants to play, maybe a little bit more than Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney is a wonderful football player. If he came back to Celtic, it would be a huge signing. Will it happen? I think as a permanent transfer, the transfer fee would probably be too big. I think the wages would probably be too big. That would maybe have to be, they'd maybe need to be a little bit more creative if he was to come back this summer. So maybe a loan deal if that was on the table. But the problem you've got is when you have two, three teams who are interested in Kieran Tierney, who are willing to play 25, 30 million pounds for him, that might be a deal that Arsenal would maybe look for rather than a potential loan deal to Celtic. Yeah, Colin, is that a deal that you can see working financially for Celtic? Maybe on a loan deal way, but he might want to come out the Championship and go back to the Scottish if he's interested in that game. Is, is part of the problem, Kenny, that as we're only talking about reported figures here, but the ones you see are that Kieran Tierney's on £120,000 a week, which is money that we can't even consider up here in Scotland. There would need to be either a huge wage cut taken by Kieran Tierney, there would need to be some big compromise between Arsenal and Celtic. Celtic would need to potentially, you know, smash through their, their wage budget. There would need to be some sort of compromise from someone in all this to make it work, wouldn't it? Absolutely, there would be. And that's why you just can't see it happening at this time because the transfer fee is like... <sighs> I, I, I can't see Arsenal accepting. He was just say Celtic were, were, were willing to pay fifteen million for for Kieran Tierney, which, by the way, I don't think they need to pay fifteen million for Kieran Tierney to, like to go and win leagues or or be successful. Uh, even if they've done that, there's other teams that are going to be willing to maybe pay maybe double that to get the services of Kieran Tierney so I just can't think Arsenal. Like, listen, it's a really kind of romantic and it's a signing to come back and. But there's more, like you say, right at the start. There's a lot of financial uh, things that will come into this deal. Again, his wages as well. He's, he's, a, he's a, what is he, 25, 26, Kieran Tierney now, right? Coming into the, the peak of his powers, earning this, this uh, an incredible contract to Arsenal. And deservedly so, by the way, considering what the wages that are available down in England now. He's a top, top performer. So there would be a lot of compromise and, and a lot of sacrifice probably need to be made from Arsenal, from Kieran Tierney, if you were to see him back on a permanent deal to Celtic this summer. Well, thank you to Colin. That's all we've got time for on the phones. can take a quick look at the Viaplay Cup results from last night. There was that late winner from St Mirren. A bit of business for them today as well. Declan Gallagher has gone out the door and they've brought in a, a defender of their own in James Bolton. Is that a surprise to you that Declan Gallagher's you know, moved to the Championship? Uh, as I mean, I'm surprised that they've, they've let Big Decky go. I mean, he's a... He's, a, he's a, been a top performer in the, in the top league in Scotland for a number of years now. Obviously, that that much that he made it into the into the national team as well. So, but I mean, again, with, with the greatest respect to St Mirren, Dundee United are, are a bigger club, you know. So it's a move to a a club where listen, Stephen Robinson clearly felt that maybe he's not too bothered about Declan moving on. So if he's bringing somebody in or the way he's kind of seeing the team move forward, that maybe Big Decky wasn't going to be part of that. So it's a really really good signing for Dundee United. That's for sure. 
a 5-0 win for Queen's Park over Elgin City four of those goals coming from Rory Payton who was signed in the summer that's exactly how you want to start your career at a new club as a striker isn't it I know he didn't score in his first couple of games for them in the group stages but to score four in one game at home is it's not bad well you've made up for it, is it haven't you like it's uh, I mean to score four goals in any game you know does it matter what level it is or, or against what opposition it's a it's a it's a big achievement so yeah when you're a, when you're a forward and you get off the mark like that like you say you might not have got a, any goals at the early stage but he's, he's made up for it in this game last night yeah there were for wins as well a late winner for Airdrieonians against Inverness a 5-0 win for Livingston over Cove Rangers there are four games in the Viaplay Cup group stages tonight the likes of Kilmarnock and Dun D Ross County in action as well so we'll give you the reaction to those games and that Rangers friendly as well of course they are a 7.45 kickoff against Olympiacos tonight but that is all we've got time for tonight thank you very much for tuning in thank you for your calls and your tweets thank you to Kenny Miller in the studio as well Gordon Duncan is back from tomorrow taking care of things from 6 o'clock he'll be in the studio with Gordon DL so make sure to tune in and stay right there because Amber is up next she's got songs from Pink and Rag and Bone Man next